Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Dante's Peak. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. volcano time that's the sound of a volcano erupting did you like that <laughs> it was very good very authentic having been <laughs> many erupting volcanoes over the years uh, yeah i've seen them all <laughs> seen seen vesuvius seen etna i have seen mount vesuvius actually have you i have as well yes i have been to vesuvius it's did you go to see pompeii we did it wasn't the only reason we went there actually um the summer when was it i think it's the summer before uh, our oldest child was born so we'd just gotten married the year before and we went to Naples we went to Sorrento we went all around the Amalfi Coast but yeah we went to Pompeii just to check it out it's pretty cool especially as you know I did Latin at school as well so I read all about Pompeii and about all that stuff it's pretty cool and the best part is they're like uncovering new stuff on it all the time did you know that? Absolutely yeah it's always going on I mean, we when we went, I was a little kid, and we went to Herculaneum as well. Yeah, we went there as and well. And it was really interesting seeing the sort of different things and how, yeah, like you said, they are uncovering more and more all the time. It's fascinating. Herculaneum's it's always like it's sort of dug into the ground, isn't it? Whereas Pompeii's all on that big, massive hill. Yeah, yeah. Herculaneum's like a maze. That's more like something from a, like a, a JRPG. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> You're just running into random encounters all the time in the dungeon. Yeah, walking around hoping for turn-based combat with some Italian locals. <laughs> <laughs> that That's how Italians fight. It's, it's all turn-based. Yeah. So it's Volcano Month. If I, yeah. I haven't put out last week's episode yet, so if you haven't heard last week's episode, well, yeah, I, I won't release them in quick succession, but we'll try and do one this week, one next week. It's Volcano Month. Volcoon? Yeah. Volcanoon? Yeah. <laughs> It's Volcanoon. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we love a themed month. And we somehow last week were talking about Volcano. Or I think it was it was Volcano. We were talking about just kind of 90s disaster-y action-y movies, weren't we? And it somehow, somehow there's a thread from Congo through to that. And then we go, let's make it Volcano Month. I think this is the best theme we've ever had. No offence <laughs> to Adam Sandler and all of the offence to Rob Schneider. It's absolutely the best theme we've ever had. The, the The reason is that there is both a volcano in Congo, but there's also one of the characters in Congo is played by someone who's also in Dante's Peak, which is this week's movie. Yes, and I did realise actually that they're, they're one of the apes, of course. There is <laughs> we are one of the apes. Um, there there is actually a another thematic thing. So obviously June is Pride Month. So we've chosen Volcano Month for all you hot, hot, hotties who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, we celebrate you, we praise you, we big you all up. Yeah, we are stands for every single one of you. And so in honour of that, here's the hottest films you can possibly watch for the hottest people in the world. Yeah, hotter than the sun, you all are. <laughs> <laughs> I so, like that, that's good. 
I didn't think so, about that before. <laughs> it, was, it was all part of the greater plan. So we're kicking it off with Dante's Peak, starring one of our favourite people. Well, starring two of my favourite people, in fact. Pierce and um, Brosnan. Pearson Brosnan, but also Linda Hamilton, who's someone who I very much like, who we'll, we'll talk about a bit yes. more as well. Sarah Connor herself. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, had you seen Dante's Peak before? Yes, I had. I feel, I think I saw it at school. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you probably know I, I went to boarding school. So, a lot of my experiences with sort of 90s and early 2000s films were watching them at school, some of which were on illegal VCDs imported from Hong Kong, watched on a laptop screen over four discs sometimes, up to four discs at the time. Some of them were official viewings organised by the school. So, like, on, on the evenings, or maybe if you stayed in at the weekend, I went home most weekends, but there'd often be, like, a film on in the common room. And I, I feel like we were shown this when we were potentially a bit too young for it, but I might be wrong. But yeah, I remember watching it when I was about 14, 15 and go, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like Pierce Brosnan is just like the main action hero, but he's also like a sensitive science man. And now that someone's being burned alive, (laughs) (laughs) I remember really enjoying it, but I haven't, I don't think I've seen it since, but it's one of those films that, that stays with you, doesn't it? If you saw it in the nineties, early 2000s, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think I watched it whenever it came to TV, which is probably a few years after it came out. Um, or maybe we rented it from Blockbuster or something like that. I have a very strong memory of watching this when I was a kid. Um, and yeah, I loved it then. And I haven't really watched it since. I've maybe watched it one or two times since then. You didn't have the VHS or the DVD? No, it may well have been one that we recorded off the TV, but I don't think we did. I feel like this was I on think TV I a, lot. It a lot. Yeah. I've definitely have been channel hopping and have seen like the last third of it, maybe at ten thirty at night. It is one hundred percent one of those ITV two movies. Yeah, it's this after Hot Fuzz on ITV (laughs) two every fortnight for the light relief. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and then Wayne's World in the like midnight slot. And Wayne's World, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So. So, yeah, so I think it probably was, but I don't think I've watched it that often since then, even though I've enjoyed it. And actually, revisiting it, I still enjoyed it a lot on this watch, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I found it quite fresh and quite enjoyable. And then I was looking at the kind of critical response at the time, and I thought it, saw that it actually wasn't good, and I was a bit surprised by that. I, yeah, I don't think it's like I. a supreme blockbuster banger, but it's like, it's Pierce Brosnan, it's Linda Hamilton, it's got a volcano, it's the 90s, what more do you people want? And most importantly, in comparison to other movies about volcanoes, volcanologists think this movie gets it pretty okay, <laughs> which is about as good as you can get. That's like the best you could hope for, for like a big budget <laughs> disaster volcano movie, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know what? I'm impressed. And I remember because I was obsessed with volcanoes as a kid. Um which I think a lot of kids go through that obsessed with volcanoes phase, don't they? Yeah, I don't think it happened for me. But but a lot of kids do have that sort of really obsessed with volcanoes. I guess maybe it leads on from dinosaurs because you always think of dinosaurs and volcanoes yeah. as being together. Did you always um did you ever make a volcano for like a school science project? That's a trope in American cartoons, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's something that supposedly <laughs> happens in every American school. But I'd never done it myself. You make a volcano and then you put baking soda in it with some 
That's water right. or coke or something. Lemon. Like, you know, and it all goes fizzy because of the alkali versus acid combination. Because of um, the alkaline trio trapped inside. <laughs> Exactly. They just start playing pop punk and it just yeah. makes it all come up. Um, I had a conversation with my wife just before we started recording. She turned on the TV and, and turned on the Amazon Fire Stick. This this show is not sponsored by Amazon. Um, but she'd see, she'd seen that I've been watching Dante's Peak that flashes up on there. She's like, why did you watch Dante's Peak? Like She was really outraged. Like, why are you watching that? Like She saw half of it on TV when she was too young and it gave her nightmares because the granny got burned alive or something like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> So I didn't. I didn't make her watch it. <laughs> to be fair, I'm going to say something controversial here. I was going to bring it up later in the episode, but since you said it, that granny deserved to die. She was awful. <laughs> yeah, the first time they went to her house, and she's like, hugs the kids, and then she just kind of stands there looking at Linda Hamilton. It's like, what's wrong with you? In your lovely house by the lake in the mountains. Yeah, just you, my my son dumped you and ran off somewhere, and I'm going to blame you for it and dote on my grandkids and despise you because it's your fault somehow. Yeah, and then they all risk their lives to try and save her because she won't leave her house to go to the town meeting. Yeah, she deserved everything she got. You've got volcano <laughs> expert, handsome British volcano expert, British coming yeah. along because um, he. He's Piers Brosnan is Northern Irish, isn't he? I haven't gone and I haven't gone and done a done a hate crime against him, have I? No, no, that was um, that was Taffin. <laughs> that was Taffin. Oh no, no, he is no, he is, he is Irish. Irish. He is Irish. So in that case, I rescind it. He is definitely not British. He is far too cool to be British. Um, you've got this handsome Irish. Um, You've got this handsome Irish volcanologist who turns up and says, you know what, I think there's kind of a problem going on here with your volcano. You better come down to this meeting. And she goes, no, I know better than you. I'm an old lady on a mountain. This ain't no real volcano. I'm going to stay here. And then the kids go off and the kids are going to try and save her. And she ends up, you know, risking the entire family's lives. And so, yeah, she deserved to get burnt alive in acid. (laughs) as kind of movie deaths go this has a few i mean it's it's not it doesn't move you in the same way as tim curry being eaten alive by apes in congo but you know it's... No. but but yeah she her character was the worst person you know she everybody risks their lives of, of the main family dynamic everyone risks their lives to try and save her and then they get on a boat and they go out into the middle of a lake that's turned acidic and then they're nearly there and she just gets out and gets into the water to push them to the edge and it's like i mean you're probably gonna make it anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very very silly and then she dies it's just like oh good yeah and at this point you've already seen the kind of it's it's a little bit shocking, but at this point you've already seen the like burnt out bodies of the teens who were burned alive in the hot spring. So you're like, it's just for a second. And what what I think this film does really well is the kind of less is more thing that we were talking mm. about last week, isn't it? Where like it's it's too much to show that like you've got ten planet killing ships in Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. What was, I was comparing yeah. something to Star Wars and saying that the, the one planet killing laser killing one planet is perfect because that's a sense of scale. And in this they. They show people getting burned alive, but it's only for like half a second. Yeah, it it's it is surprisingly subtle for a volcano disaster movie. <laughs> what what's great about this is if Dante's Peak was made today, it would be 
30 minutes of build-up and then two hours of CGI nonsense and there would be no emotional attraction. There'd be no... um, There'd be no sort of like inner turmoil or tension or anything like that because you'd be oversaturated with the nonsense. Whereas Michael here, Bay's peak. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay's Dante's peak. Um, whereas what's great about this is that pretty much the first half to two thirds of this movie is that tension build up like a volcano beginning to explode. Yeah, And it's only for the last third or so which is actually the, the volcanic eruption. So instead you've got this build-up and it almost feels like a sort of tense thriller-slash-horror movie in the way that it does it. So you've got like the skinny-dipping teens getting burned yeah. alive and everything like that. It, it, it really builds that tension in that way which I think is very, very effective. Yeah, very effective. And then the the pacing is generally good, although I sort of got to about half an hour left and I was like, how is there still half an hour left? It's like the volcano has erupted, some people have died, some people have been saved, like people are finally listening to him and evacuating the town or whatever. What's left to happen? Like, are they going to like leave the town and then come back to kill the volcano or something? Is they going to re- regroup <laughs> with their party? See- you just see Pierce Brosnan like pump a shotgun and say, "Right, we're going back, fellas. Yep. That volcano is going to die. The volcano is going down. <laughs> we're sending Dante to a lower level of hell." <laughs> yeah, this is why. This is why I should have directed Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak Two. That's what we'll do. They come back and they kill the volcano. Yeah, it's just Pierce Brosnan like punching the side of the volcano for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow Jason um, Momoa is there to help him. I don't know why. We'll, oh, we'll make it happen. He's a man who I believe could beat a volcano in a fair That's time. exactly why I brought his name up. Yeah. yeah. In terms of you think of like Hollywood <laughs> hard men, who could who could beat a volcano in a fight? Vin Diesel? Mm, maybe Vin Diesel. Depends on how fast his car is. If he's got a really fast car, he might be able to. Yeah. But Jason Momoa would, with his fists, beat a volcano. He would rinse that volcano and hang it out to dry. It would be crying for its volcano, Mum. Keanu Reeves? Mm, I don't know about Keanu Reeves. I don't feel like he's a force of nature fighter. The thing about Keanu is you, you think about you think of him as like, oh, it's Neo from The Matrix. He's like a cool like a- action guy. But then, a lot of the stuff we've done recently, it's been like, well, been much ado about nothing, or he's been Jonathan Harker or whatever. So it's like, actually, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker versus the volcano. (laughs) Who'd win? Gary Oldman as Dracula versus a volcano. Oh, he'd sink his teeth in, for sure. He would would drain it of its hot magma blood, wouldn't he? Um, Have you watched the John Wick movies? No, I haven't. There's too many of them. I'm open to the idea of that for one film, but they just keep coming. I've watched the first two and a half. I had to stop watching the third one because I, something else came up. And they're really good fun. They're really good, no-nonsense, proper action films, which is nice. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe I'll so give I it do a go. Recommend, I recommend watching them. Is it about, he's, he's taking revenge because someone killed his dog. Yeah, so that's the kind of... Uh, the 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 uh, What's the term used by pretentious writer types like ourselves that's like the the spark that sets off the whole the kernel. events of them yeah I, I suppose the story kernel no one is, writes is to that. the kernel <laughs> it's the secret recipe um 
he he um yeah so so someone kills his dog and then he goes to go and get revenge but actually he's a former assassin and so it's a bad thing that they killed his dog but then it builds into various other things around it as the story goes on across multiple movies um it's not all about him getting another dog and then that dog also gets killed <laughs> and then he has to go and get revenge again as funny as that would be Hey. If I was going to make a spoof action series, like a comedy action series, that would be it. Every single film, he gets a different dog, and it gets progressively cuter with each movie, <laughs> and then gets gets Which, burnt alive in a hot spring. Can I also bring up something else that might be controversial about Dante's Peak? Of course, you can. The dog should have died. <laughs> I know they had to save the dog. Everyone knows the whole thing in film writing, right? You save the cat. You don't save the dog. <laughs> so, so the dog runs off out into the volcano as it's erupting, and then, in between the dog disappearing and the dog reappearing, you have several key characters dying in horrible ways, and then suddenly <laughs> they're driving along in their truck, and then they see the dog in the in the in the um out in the forest and it jumps into the truck with them and they're like yay we've saved the dog and you get this little happy sort of swell of music as they're they're they're, they're celebrating having the dog alive and it's like your grandma just died fellas <laughs> granny's dead and you don't even have her body it's just, it's <laughs> she's the, been it's left in the, in the woods lake. she's gonna she's gonna get pyroclastic flowed in a second <laughs> and instead you're just like oh the dog's alive yay the dog should have died i'm sorry dog should have died it's the second worst dog survival in movies which is a very strange phrase to say the first being beethoven's second (laughs) there's a sylvester stallone movie i need to try and remember which one i think it's called daylight is that the one where they get stuck in a tunnel yeah yeah i was gonna bring that up because i think at school we watched this film and daylight as like a double bill or definitely very, very close together. And I love that as well. That's where they're stuck in the Hudson River Tunnel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, isn't there something ridiculous? Like the dogs like runs away from a, a river of deadly water and survives or something like that. I can't remember. I'll have to look that up. So there, there, there's a big old Weimarana in the film. And I seem to remember that something really stupid happens for it to survive. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's probably the worst one. We'll um, have to make a top ten. <laughs> top ten dogs that should have died. Top ten surviving dogs. Airbud. Yeah. No, but it's got to be the ones that we think should die, or that all all that in that situation should have died, rather than ones where we want that dog to die. Which is a particularly cruel way of thinking about it. <laughs> like like all the bad dog films I've had to watch, like Sherlock Bones <laughs> and Cool yeah. Dog. Yeah. underdog yeah no it, it's the, the 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 dogs that should have died in the movie in those circumstances that is actually quite niche does, does something similar happen in independence day as well i swear that the dog survives being shot at by a big space laser in independence day <laughs> you've got a really good memory for dogs being attacked and potentially <laughs> killed in films i can't remember any of these scenes i've got to search independence day dog and see what comes up independence dog independence day dog scene dog in a fiery tunnel is a scene in independence day (laughs) yeah no there's a scene with a golden retriever that run away runs away from a fiery laser blast (laughs) 
that's another one. We've got three. We've got three dogs that should have died in those circumstances. And they're all still alive, taunting you. Yeah, they're in my dreams every night. I wake up and it's it's I I I I wake up in the dream and I look up and I'm there at that dog's playing poker table picture. Oh no! Apart from at the round the table, it's the three dogs, <laughs> the little scrappy terrier from Dante's <laughs> Peak, the golden retriever from Independence Day, and the Vimarana from Daylight, and and they go. We should be dead, but we're not. We sold ourselves to dog Satan to survive. And this is our eternal torment to play poker in people's nightmares. And then dog Satan walks in, played by Gary yeah. Oldman. Well, because they need another player for dog poker. That's uh, right. It's, it's Gary Oldman <laughs> with dog ears on. Oh, and then you have to play the whole game as well. <laughs> Which is boring because card games are boring. Sorry, that's my controversial. <laughs> the most controversial thing Outrageous I've said today take. is not grandma should have died or dogs in movies should die. It's that card games are boring. <laughs> We're going to get cancelled after this one. We, I am like gonna... several times over because that's a lot of takes that are hotter than a volcano. <laughs> there's been so many hot takes today. <laughs> I swear. Did you um, never like when you're on holiday with your family? Did you never play card games to pass the time? Yeah, and I hated it. <laughs> I've always hated card games. Me and my I've... dad used to play Racing Demon, which is a good one. Where you're both essentially doing your own thing, two decks, but then you can cross over in the middle. It's quite fun. Mm, I don't like that because also the name Racing Demon should have been something far cooler than a card game. Sounds like a new metal band, doesn't it? <laughs> it should like have been Raging Speedhorn. A, a Sega Mega Drive <laughs> racing game like Carmageddon, Racing Demon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I no. would have loved playing that in 1995. <laughs> but you were playing something else in 1995 instead. Yeah, Sonic, Demon. Sonic 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah playing well, Racing yeah. Demon with cards. Yeah, and it was good. But yeah, I, I generally don't enjoy card games. And gam- gambling with cards is something I have not done and would never do. But it's so fun losing money or pretending to lose <laughs> money whilst playing card games. The jeopardy of risking all of your financial security. Yeah, sounds great. Not though <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could gamble a pound or whatever. but yeah. you, could, you could gamble crisps. Or, or little now milk. you're talking my language. Or you could gamble dairy milk buttons. Yeah. So that they they kind of look like tokens, don't they? Yeah, crisps. Chips. I guess they they'd crumple they'd crumple up everywhere, wouldn't they? Yeah, you couldn't really stack them either. You couldn't go all in with your crisps and just shove them. Could a you? stack of Pringles. Make a bigger. Oh, that's true. You could do Pringles. That would work. Come to the big boys don't cry Pringle Casino. So we're promoting this. We week. we pay out in Pringles as well. So if you win big, you just have to carry away a bin bag full of assorted flavours of Pringles. Yeah. While the dogs who you've been playing poker with at the table chase you down and try and like tear that tear <laughs> at the back of their eat teeth. The Pringles. Which you shouldn't let them have, because I'm assuming the Pringles are very bad for dogs. Depends on the flavour. <laughs> what you shouldn't give them sour cream and chive. No, okay no one should give, have sour cream. And you're okay that, to give them salt and vinegar. That flavour is nasty. Oh, no, I love yeah, the sour cream and chive. Pringles they're great. Turn it around, it's sour cream and chive. Oh, oh they're delicious. They so, are the devil's Pringle. Which ones do you like, then, of your Pringles? Barbecue. Always the barbecue. Barbecue is a good one. Yeah, barbecue is good. I'm a big fan of the salt and vinegars. Yeah, yeah, they're good. good. They're good. Um, how... <laughs> <laughs> there are no Pringles. No Pringles, no casinos. Dante's Peak. No Although, dead dogs. 
it hasn't is, really got anything when you think there about is, it, has it? There is coffee, if we're thinking of food stuff slash drinks. I wanted to talk about the coffee because there's a point. There's there's a lot of coffee in this film. People walking and going, here's your coffee, here's your coffee. I love coffee. As if coffee had just been invented <laughs> in 1995. Big Coffee sponsored the creation of Dante's Peak. Yeah. This is kind of pre-Starbucks, isn't it? Yeah. Just ahead yeah. of Starbucks before Starbucks was the a, world. Before Starbucks became the global all-consuming monster that it is. This is before then. You just know that if this was a couple of years later, they'd all have been walking around with Starbucks cups, especially since she, in Washington as well. But she she runs a little little brewski place herself, as well makes, as being the mayor of the town. Yeah, because mayors don't make much money, I assume. No, in a small town. The old grey mayor, she ain't what she's. <laughs> That's what that song's about. <laughs> exactly what it's about. It's very rude to Linda Hamilton. <laughs> Extremely rude song. I'm going to get cancelled for being ageist and sexist now as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah there's a, there's a, there's a, a line of dialogue in this movie that forever will haunt me and will forever be stuck in my head, which is when Greg, played by Grant Hesloff, oh, from guy. from Congo as well, so brilliantly Congos. nerdy. He's always the like nerdy science man, isn't the, he? The nerdy, yeah. If you need a nerdy science man in your movie then he is there for you. But it's the bit where he goes, coffee, 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 cappuccino, <laughs> that, that just is stuck in my head forever. Yeah, and at one point he says, good coffee, it's good. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, oh, thank you for the coffee. It's like he's got a, a romantic slash sexual relationship with coffee. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like this film has a sexy coffee thing going on because there's a the thing when Pierce Brosnan goes back to her house after he's about to leave. And she's like, I really think we should have some coffee, even though they're about to kiss. And then he go, he leans in and he goes, I've never really cared for your coffee. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just hilarious. But the way it's lit and the way it's set up is just like one of those 90s Nescafe gold blend ads. Have you seen those? It's, Do you know what I mean? It really does feel like it. Or, um, the ones with the Anthony an- Head. Yeah, the Anthony Head ones, yeah. Um, it just feels like those, doesn't it? It's incredible. Do you remember when they tried to bring back that vibe of adverts with the the guy from My Family? Chris Marshall. Oh, yeah. He is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad saying this, but every time he's on screen, I just think, no, I do not want to see you. Occasionally, we watch Death in Paradise, which he used to be on. Uh, well, like, oh, I mean, and then he wasn't, and it was better when it wasn't him. But yeah, he when he was playing like a detective on a, a Caribbean island. You ever see yes. that? Yeah, no, I saw it. It was fine. A fine Very annoying. Fine show. Um, yeah, because it was the comedian man, and then it was Chris Marshall, and now it's somebody else, isn't it? Yeah. Who's not a comedian it. man. I can't remember who it is. But who is, is all right. Um, yeah, it was the BT ads, wasn't it, that he was in, where they tried to do the Anthony Stewart head thing? Yeah, except it was just him, like talking about broadband services in the middle of a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> this is grim and actually a bit too real. <laughs> it's just, just too close to, to reality for comfort. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a very coffee-centric movie. Um, but yeah, Grant Heslov is great. Um, obviously, Pierce Brosnan is incredible in this movie. As it's because coffee's hot like a volcano, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Dante's, Dante's coffee peak. Yeah, that's what um, they should have called it. But in the, all that kind of, as you say, 
it's weirdly subtle for like a, a volcano disaster film, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Um, but but yeah, I love a lot of the performance in this in this movie because because it's not overly um, because it's not overly actiony. It needs to rely on the characters to actually drive it and to drive that tension. So you've got Pierce Brosnan coming in and basically being. Um, Roy Scheider, that's his name, isn't it? From from um, from um, from Jaws, our main man in Jaws, Roy Scheider, um, who's basically saying rather than this shark is killing everyone, he's saying this volcano is gonna kill everyone. But he's he's dismissed because of the concerns for the town. So it is almost like a sort of Jaws equivalent. Um, in structurally, it's kind of similar, mm. apart from unlike Jaws. The naysayers get their comeuppance in this movie, which is very satisfying. It's a film about a volcano that's not about a volcano, except yeah. it absolutely is about a volcano. It's about a volcano, but it's also about the danger of billionaires investing in small towns and the power that they hold over those small towns. So yeah. actually, this is an anti-capitalist movie, and about and the people volcano just being is dumb. capitalism. Yeah, and I'm not listening to scientists. And yeah, you should listen to Piers Brosnan when he's a scientist. That's the main theme. When you he says listen to, her, to Piers Brosnan, I, I go all over the place: Washington, New York, Montana, wherever there's a volcano with an attitude, <laughs> <laughs> which is the best line in the film. Extremely good. Um, I also liked him doing the weird magic trick with the kids, which yeah. normally people doing magic tricks is a little bit creepy. But you're not but, a fan, are you? But he pulls off. If Pierce Brosnan was to come out, come over to my house, knock on the door and say, hi, I've got a magic trick to show you, I'd let him in my house. I'd make him a cup of coffee, even though he doesn't like my coffee. <laughs> and, Rob, I've never really cared for your coffee. <laughs> but here's a magic trick. And then just, would... uh, just out of, and then in the corner of the room, you just hear a guy yell, cut! <laughs> Gold blend ad in Gold the blend. can. <laughs> yep, all done. <laughs> Wrap it up. Um... <laughs> But but yeah, there is that real interesting element, isn't there, of actually this is also about um, following the science and not letting, you know, th- this could almost be an allegory for COVID, this movie, mm-hmm. where the scientists are saying this is the way you need to do things to save people's lives. And then other people are saying, oh, well, what about my portfolio of office buildings? I'm going to lose lots of money if we do this and we can't lock down. Yeah, what about my dog? What about my granny who lives on her own by the lake? Yeah, exactly. It's got a similar kind of through road where it's very much about trust the science, don't let capitalism override. So what I'm saying is that Dante's Peak is an anti-capitalist movie. Absolutely. The this volcano be... is, the, is the man. This is an Antifa movie if ever I saw one. Um, but you do you do get the comeuppance for the wrong uns. Um, yep. So the His billionaire boss, doesn't he drive off a bridge into some flames or something. Well, you it's... feel kind of sorry for the boss because he did try and do the right thing at the end. Charles Hallahan plays him. Um, you might recognise him from the thing where he's yes. the guy whose chest opens up and then he the thing bites off the doctor's arms in the defibrillator scene. One of, if not the most iconic scene from that incredible movie. Um, but um, yeah, he, um, he he tries to do the right thing in the end and tries to evacuate the town, but it's too late. And then the rest of the team manages to escape across the bridge. But as he's driving over in his car, the bridge gets broken and then he gets swept away in a horrible, horrible, horrible 
um, tidal wave. <laughs> and and I think they put in a, Wil- a Wilhelm scream, don't they? Yeah. As he, as he gets swept away, which is very funny. If he didn't have enough good sort of grunty noises from Pierce Brosnan going, ah, 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 then, yeah, you get that nice scream in you there as well. Ah. Just for the audio feast that is Dante's Peak. <laughs> That's that's what they should put on the on the DVD release of Dante's Peak, an audio feast, big boys. Yeah. It says here um, Charles Hallahan played the Baron's owner in Space Jam, uncredited. Oh, so I don't know if I don't go. know if we can forgive him for that. <laughs> There's many things about that movie that are unforgivable. I think we can forgive him for that. Yeah, of course we um, can. But but the other wrongans die as well. So the billionaire pays to get out of the town in a. Uh, a helicopter which then crashes because obviously you don't want to fly helicopters in the middle of a volcano explosion um, and everything like that which is very satisfying it's like yeah you kill them volcano they didn't listen to how dangerous you were but now they know how dangerous you were it's very good um, but yeah shout out to those excellent performances all across the board they're great I think and they really sell the movie with I don't know if authenticity is the right word, but it feels very human in a way that a lot of disaster movies don't. Absolutely, and you've talked about characters. I think this is actually a character-driven piece, isn't it? Mm, And I wouldn't say it goes overboard on anyone or that you get loads and loads of deep backstory or anything, but it does the characters well. You know, you get the opening scene, Pierce Brosnan, he's he's sad because his wife died in in a previous volcano thing. Obviously, that's the setup for him. And that's enough, isn't it? It it does what it needs to do. It's less is more. And I think the best example of how it does this well is that it uses children being in peril to great effect Mm. and does it sparingly, Mm. which is very, very good. Yeah, it's it's similar to Jurassic Park which I bet actually did play a part Mm. in the way that they decided to structure this movie given that it was only what five years four years after Jurassic Park something like that yeah this is 1997 and two years after Goldeneye so this is peak Bronholm Brosnan at his most sensual best basically yeah Um, and he's Jurassic Park was 93 93 yeah so we've got four years and um and yeah, it's a similar kind of thing where it is also about the children being in peril and the paternal instincts of an outsider outsider to that family dynamic and then being that kind of protective influence in a yeah. way that, you know, Spielberg's very, very good at that. And this kind of emulates that kind of feel quite well, I think. And it's a time when Pierce Brosnan and Sam Neill were sort of trading those big leading man roles, weren't they? Yeah, two people who are really interesting actors then doing these big these big budget movies which is quite interesting and i wish is it's quite cool to think about whether we could get back to that again with these people who do have this very unique take on things who do very interesting films i suppose tom hardy is the closest example where he'll do mad max but then he also does um a movie where he's driving a car for an hour and a half and that's the film what's it yeah. called <laughs> have you seen that movie driver <laughs> Drive. <laughs> Drive. Um, Cars. What's it called? Cars 2. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what film you're talking Tom, about. Tom Hardy in Tom Cars Tom Hardy 2. drives a car. I'm going to have to look it up. It is just Talladega him. Nights. <laughs> it is just him. Oh, Lock. It's called Lock. Lock. And I've it's, not heard of that. It's him in a car on his own having Bluetooth calls with people. <laughs> But it's really good. It's 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 a really tense, almost thriller. 
he's a construction manager and he gets a phone call about um all of this weird stuff going on in his life basically and it's just him having various bluetooth conversations whilst driving his car but it's so good it's really really good i highly recommend it even though the premise is so silly but yeah he does movies like that or um or what's it called legend where he plays the craze um yeah, but then also does but then also does venom and also I've does still not seen oh you should i haven't watched venom too i really do need to watch that but um yeah first venom was great or the TV series Taboo, which was fantastic. And mm. apparently they're finally making a second series of it now. Um, after like eight years. <laughs> so I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how well it's going to go down. But I'm excited for it to happen. Um, but yeah, like maybe maybe he's kind of the equivalent where he does all of this weird stuff alongside the big movies. Could he do a big jukebox musical? Can yeah. he get up there and go, when you're gone... I can uh, you try to go. I one hundred percent believe he could. Yep. What what musicals are there that haven't been made into movies yet that we could potentially put Tom Hardy in? Oh, I don't know. I have to think about it. They've all been made into films. Is the problem, and all of the ones now are ones that are films that they've made into musicals. They keep doing it in reverse. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it around. They've done Wicked, haven't they? They made a movie of Wicked. Have they? Um. How about another Phantom of the Opera with Tom Hardy as the Phantom? Actually, he would kill that. That would be amazing. Or him in Dear Evan Hansen as <laughs> Evan Hansen. <laughs> Genuinely, he's probably got a more youthful face than Ben Platt. No offence to Ben Platt. <laughs> like... Absolutely. Absolutely. Or or they've made a, a Matilda musical, haven't they? Although, yeah, no, has that now been bad. turned into a movie as well? Yeah. They they came out recently. Apparently, it's awful. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. But he could he could do it, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. So he what we're saying is Tom Hardy, Dante's Peak, twenty twenty five. Tom Hardy in Dante's Peak the Musical, twenty twenty five. Brought to you by exactly. Big Boys Productions. Yeah, that's what's that's what's happening here. That's what's happening with three new original songs by Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Because that's how it works now. He's the only one who's allowed to make musicals. Ooh, we're going up the volcano. Oh, no. Now I've been killed by that acid bath. Da, da, da. <laughs> that's exactly it. And uh, then, yeah, like the ghost of the of the granny sings like a, an emotional ballad. <laughs> you have this extra scene where the ghost of the granny is leading the dog towards the car to rescue it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, she helped the dog moment. to find its way back home. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, <laughs> since we are itself. meant to be a romance podcast, how do you feel about the relationship between Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan? I think I think it works well. I think, again, yeah. it's, it's a character-driven piece, and you believe it, don't you? Both of them you are do. in situations you where you, you feel that it's it's appropriate and you, you feel that it is what their characters would do. It feels logical. It's good. I feel like they do have chemistry, especially during the coffee scenes. So yeah, it's good. And again, it's it helps it to it doesn't feel it doesn't feel tacked on, which is usually what happens is you have loads and loads of action scenes in this romance that is just tacked on. And it doesn't feel that way, does it? Yeah, it, it feels right. And you could almost have this as a romantic comedy about this volcanologist who comes to a volcano. And then there's this friction between the mayor and the volcanologist about 
whether it's going to erupt or not. And it turns out it's not, but they fall in love anyway. Yeah, that's the kind of jazz dance scene about a third of the way through. It's a Hallmark Channel uh, romance movie, isn't it? That it could be, and at, at times it has that vibe, doesn't it? Because it's this, it's got this kind of guys come to a small town and the people mistrust yeah, him. A yeah. few of those scenes. There is definitely a very thin thread through from that to the Hallmark Channel of today. If the volcano didn't erupt, this would have been a really sweet little. And even you've got even got the emotional dead wife thing going on, which is often what happens in those. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's cute kids for him to bond with as well. Exactly. You got could recut this movie to make a trailer with Dante's Peak as a romantic comedy. You probably could. You'd have to change the score because the score is very ominous. <laughs> the score is very <laughs> ominous. You need to, yeah, you need to add some nice little light-hearted strings here and there. Yeah. Um, Some soft piano, electric but you, piano. But you could do it. You could turn this into, a, you could make a trailer for a rom-com out of Dante's Peak really easily because it does have, and, and that's, that's again, it's a strength of the emotional connection between these characters that you get, where it's not done in a subtle way. It's not done in a really intense way. This isn't going to be winning any, you know, best screenplay awards, but it does it in a competent way that feels human. Don't tempt me to make that. I haven't got time. <laughs> If I'm ever going to finish Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> but, it, but you know what I mean, though. You could you could do it if you had the time. Yeah, I certainly could. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Dante's Peak is romantic. It, it is passes the test. And the score, to be fair, when there are scenes between them where the romance is happening, it does bring out the strings, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And it's worth mentioning the score in general is actually really good in this film. It really, really adds to the, as you say, the the, the ominous thriller vibe of it. And it's really, mm. really well done. It really reminds me at times mm. of the music to the Fallout games. Oh. There's just little similarities in the score between this and Fallout, which is also, you know, known for its excellent score. Um, do you want to know what the composer of this movie also did? He's done a lot of stuff. Um, I recognise the name. James Newton Howard and John Frizzle. Mm-hmm. So John Frizzle um, has done all sorts. He did Office Space, which is a movie we should talk oh. about at some point on this podcast. Actually. I've heard good things about that, but I have not seen it. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really neat little... It's almost like a slacker comedy, but in an office, which is a nice... Um, a nice blend. He did 13 Ghosts, which is a hilarious horror movie, which I highly recommend you watch at some point. Um, it stars our main man, um, Matthew Lillard. Oh, sold. Which you, <laughs> you just know it's going to be good when he's in it. Um, also did I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, wow. Okay. Did Alien Resurrection as well. But most importantly did Beavis and Butthead do America and has returned (laughs) for Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Oh, fantastic. Which, did that come out last year? It says 2022 on here. I think it was only on one specific streaming service, wasn't it? And maybe not one that we get in the UK, um, which sucks because Beavis and Butthead are icons. Did you yeah. ever used to watch Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, I did. Yeah, voice cast: Mike Judge as Beavis and Butthead, David Van Dyson, Principal McVicker, Smart Beavis, Smart Butthead, Old Beavis, <laughs> Old Butthead, Emperor Beavis, <laughs> and Emperor Butthead. Excellent. 
Excellent. <laughs> yes, no, I find Beavis Butthead way more funny than I should find it. Especially as it's kind of more of a like Gen X thing, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was before but, like, our time, really. It was often on, um, they would show repeats of, of it on MTV2 in the yeah. sort of mid, early to mid-2000s when we first got satellite TV. And I thought this was just really bizarre, anarchic stuff. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, MTV2 used to show so much cool stuff. Um, obviously Daria was always my favourite I adore Daria Um, and I'm very concerned about the remake if if it ever comes out um, I'm very concerned about it but Daria was fantastic Um, we also had things like Eon Flux as well which was Mm -hmm. really cool and there's so much great stuff on MTV too when we were when we were of that age to watch it and so Um, much great music as well I'm sure I discovered a ton of bands from watching MTV too just putting it on and seeing what was what was there Imagine that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's just Whereas, not how it works anymore, is it? You know how it works for me? You probably know this already because I think I've talked about it, but I have a uh, a ritual on Fridays where um, I have a website that I go to called everynoise.com. And then you text me going, here's a new album by a French metal band. Enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, everynoise.com uh, lists every Friday the albums that have come out that day on Spotify. And oh, so nice. I go through the genres that I like and I look at and think, that album art looks cool. Let's see what that band's like. And most of the time it's rubbish, but sometimes there'll be something really cool. And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to add that to a playlist. So I've got three playlists on the go. Um, I have new metal albums, new indie albums, and new electronica albums. And I get the closest to those different genres that they are. They get shoved in there if I want to listen to it. And then over the course of the following week, I listen to the new albums and see what I like. And that's the only thing I've found that's an equivalent to doing something like MTV2. Because when you do stuff like the recommended for you algorithms on streaming services, it never gives you anything new that's interesting, does it? You miss out on so much new music otherwise. Yeah. Because, like, have, have you found anything via a streaming service recommended for you where you're like, oh, yeah, this is something I've never heard before and it's really cool? That has happened, actually. Sometimes on Spotify, I go to, the, like, the mixes that it makes for you, the genre mixes, and it sometimes it does throw in a song that I haven't, that, by a band that I haven't heard before. It's rare, but it does happen. Okay, because, yeah, every time I do it, it's just more of the same or, like, Oh, here's another band from the 90s that's similar to stuff that I listen to, but that I hate. Yeah. And they've thrown it in because it's similar in terms of when the stuff came out. And I'm just like, I don't want to listen to this. I want to listen to new stuff by random bands with like 500 fans. Yeah. And Dead Dogs on their album art. <laughs> exactly. Dead Dogs and Grandmas. That's, that's, that's the that's, new band. That's the name of my new grindcore band. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Catch them opening for Napalm Death. <laughs> um but yeah like you know not finding do you, do you remember like tom veck for instance yeah from back yeah. in the days he used to be all over mtv too nowadays mm-hmm. you'd never hear anything like that through a streaming service no it's rubbish dante's Modern, peak wouldn't get made now would it it would not people it don't care about be... volcanoes anymore <laughs> volcanoes are old hat now it's all about tiktok yep there's no <laughs> volcano movement on tiktok is there Exactly. Actually, volcanologist TikTok is probably a thing, isn't it? Because there's a TikTok for everything. Hold on, hold on. You can't TikTok this, though, can you? So, volcan- I've, talk- well, I've, t- talked, I've talked about the like stupid podcast clips that go around on TikTok, haven't I? 
You have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've so, I've typed in volcanologist on Google, and the 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 words that come after it in the suggested search, volcanologist salary, documentary, jobs, suit, and then meaning after that. So they know that if you're looking up volcanologist, you know exactly what you're looking for. Yep. Um, I'm searching volcanologist TikTok. There is a topic for volcanologist. I'm not sure how much it's got on it. Is it just a bunch of? It's going to be a bunch of ten-second videos of um, volcanoes erupting. I guess that's all right. That's not a bad it's gonna, use of TikTok, is it? It's it's going to be like, uh, I don't think you're ready for this conversation, but here's a hot take: <laughs> volcanoes are hot. <laughs> volcanoes are it. hot as hell. And 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 that's it. Or like magma is cancelled. That's all I know yeah. about TikTok is people getting cancelled and then horrible <laughs> AI art people creating awful things on there and people going, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. That's all yeah. I know about TikTok, to be Ten honest. minute long video of someone explaining to you why Magma did the bad thing. <laughs> and you should never listen to any of Magma's albums again. Um, well, actually, you know, um, the Romans were colonialists. So in fact, when Mount Vesuvius erupted it was doing its own anti-fascist action, so we should, in fact, applaud. So what you're saying is that the film Pompeii is also an anti-capitalist film (laughs) in the same mode as Dante's Peak. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Pompeii is a feminist icon movie because it's all about destroying the patriarchy, literally, with hot magma. Yeah, just cover them all in lava. It's the easiest way. (laughs) I guess that's our only previous volcano film, right? I think that is the only... There, there's not often a cross-section of romance and volcanoes, is there? More's I mean, the it's, it's extremely loose for the entirety of this <laughs> month. We're only doing it because I mentioned volcano movies when I was heavily sleep-deprived. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Um, I mentioned the patriarchy just now. This is a very loose tangent, but the director of Dante's Peak, Roger Donaldson... Um, also released the movie Species. He directed Species. Ah, Have you ever seen this film? No. It is incredibly stupid and incredibly brilliant. Um, evil alien hybrid escapes from a science facility and is horny, basically. Sounds it's, great. It's fantastic. It's somehow got an incredible cast. So um, Ben Kingsley, Michael Madsen, Alfred Molina, Forrest Whitaker. What? <laughs> just like how on earth and then they got hr geiger to design the alien as well i just, like, I just clicked through and it it looks like looks like an hr geiger it looks like jonathan davis's microphone <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, it's a hugely enjoyable awful film highly worth watching and i think is actually on amazon prime Oh, brilliant. So, recommendations for people go and watch Species. Oh, and you should also cocktail. go and watch Dante's Peak because Dante's Peak is genuinely thoroughly enjoyable. Absolutely. Um, so, have you got anything else you want to say about Dante's Peak before? Um, let's see. I talked about how the score is good, how the, it does less is more with the nasty stuff. A lot of it, it's, it's very. I think it, it does the kind of the claustrophobia of it very well as well, mm, where yeah. you, especially the scenes where Pierce Brosnan's trapped in the cave going, that I genuinely felt a bit tense then. And then it's nice how he says he wants to take the kids fishing, and then at the end he's like, let's go fishing. And then the film's just over, because that is the right moment to end. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to go and see... Uh, 
an inquiry into what went wrong and why yeah. people weren't evacuated earlier at the end or anything like that. No. It, yeah, it ends in a perfect place. So, yeah, it's very, very good. It had a very dark colour palette, which I think probably mm. looked good in the cinema but wasn't great on the small screen. But there it is. You have to close the curtains to watch it. I didn't watch it as Roger Donaldson intended. Sorry, Roger. <laughs> you mean you didn't watch it on your mobile phone while sitting on the train? No. The I watched it on my laptop watch. whilst working on a different screen. <laughs> the optimum <laughs> way to watch any movie. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I've got a bit of trivia for you. Um, so this, of course, was in a run, in a race against the movie that we're going to be watching next. Because this is one yes. of those years where two movies with the same general theme came out at the same time. I saw a very good Twitter thread of a bunch of these the other day, and I'm going to try and find it and send it to you. Because this happened. So um, uh, we had no strings attached and the the other one about about uh, fuck buddies with... Um, Friends Justin with Timberlake. Benefits. Friends with Benefits. We talked about that, didn't we? Um, but that came out at the same time. You've got Deep Impact and Apocalypse that came out at the same time. The Vol- the um, asteroid movies. Is it called Apocalypse? Um, Armageddon. Armageddon, that's right. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, here we have Dante's Peak, the volcano movie, and then the very cleverly titled Volcano <laughs> came out at the same time. So Dante's Peak was in a race against Volcano, um, and Dante's Peak won. It came out earlier and had better box office success. Um, Interesting, but was bit, was critically not as well received, I understand. Yeah, although, based on my memory of the two movies as a kid... Dante's Beak was far better. We'll see whether that's true when we watch Volcano. I don't think I've seen Volcano. Oh, you are in for a top-tier Tommy Lee Jones performance. Or well, if I have, much. I have no memory of it. Um, the other thing to point out in this movie is that Volcanic Ash was actually newspaper shavings. I just made it really, really fine and then threw it around with some fans. Yeah, that's fun. And... Um, it, it, what's interesting is that actually when we think about those special effects, a lot of them were practical. So rather than using what was still sort of a fledgling CGI in 1997, they went for things like models or things like that to try and recreate it. And I think it works a lot better that way. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really good, actually. And none of it looked janky or dated or anything at all, really, which is you know more than can be said for the, the lava effects in Congo. <laughs> exactly that's what i think they wanted to avoid um with with this and uh yeah they did a good job did a good job um so is there anything else you want to say about uh about dante's peak no i think that's it i think it's definitely worth watching it's worth revisiting it's on um it's on amazon prime for the princely sum of 249 you know to rent it's it's well worth your time pierce brosnan's great linda hamilton's great it's um it's a good volcano film that i think does balances action and character well you know yeah it's it's good it's a 90s classic yeah i really enjoyed it it's well worth watching so uh go go ahead and watch it go find it all right so what are we watching next oh yeah volcano <laughs> yeah up next volcano the 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 most obviously named volcano movie of all time very very good also from 1997 the yes. peak the peak volcano year Dante's yeah. Peak. 
the year yeah. of new labor and most importantly volcano movies yeah <laughs> good times all right well thanks a lot for tuning in i really appreciate it and hope you enjoyed dante's peak if you if you haven't seen it go and watch it um, there is a link in our show notes to where you can give us money. It's like a virtual tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to continue Volcano Month as we talk about Volcano. Volcano. Bye bye. <laughs> the volcano bye. <laughs>